Hello, Art History Babe Nation. If you haven't heard yet, we will be spending winter break in New York City and we want you to come with us. Spend five days in New York City, December 18th through the 23rd with us, exploring the city, checking out art, eating good food. It'll be like Art History Babe summer camp. Head to likemindstravel.com to jump on the mailing list to be the first to know when packages become available. We will also have a link for you in the description. It should be a pretty good time and we hope to see you there. Now please enjoy this episode on Extra Large Art. The Art History Babes. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Natalie. I'm Jennifer. I'm Ginny, and we are the Art History Babes. Jennifer. No, I was just Hello, Jennifer. Nice to meet you, Jennifer. Yeah. I, you know, I was telling my boyfriend the other day, he was like, Jennifer, and then asked me something, and I was like, stop. And I was like, when you call me by my full name, I feel like I'm in trouble. And he was kind of like, what? Um, anyway, yeah, that was weird. Maybe I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble with myself. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I never, I mean, no one ever calls me Virginia, so I don't oh, relate gosh, it to yeah. I forget that your name is Virginia. Yeah. I feel like, like Ginny really... is the long form of your name. And I know. Gin right? is I know. I like casual. We just call you Gin. I know. Which is fun. That's it a is. fun nickname. It's to the point. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> me too. It's funny how we give ourselves these elaborate, multiple syllable names and then just to get rid of most of them. Cut it down. Uh, well, anyway, we're here in lovely San Francisco today mm-hmm. in Ginny's amazing home uh, no. that I'll never get over this house. Truly. There's a really cute fireplace directly opposite of yeah. where I'm sitting. And My roommate's no no made that by hand. Oh, no no. No no. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. No no. Yeah. No, wait, is that the grandfather? Uh-huh. That's Grandpa No, 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 no. no. Mm-hmm. Man, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Well, Carved all these little, there's like, what are those called? Um, cornucopias? Mm-hmm. You know, like the, mm-hmm. uh, there's like this carved detail here. Of these like little, wait, little so he, children he didn't, he didn't just like install it. He like carved. I think so. Wow. Yeah. We'll he give him credit. No, wow. no. The craftsmanship. The, um, the molding. Wow. You know, did those designs. Yeah. Oh, this is very San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are doing something a little bit different today. Because we're recording in the morning. Yeah, we never do this. Um, The podcast gods decided that you guys would get a lot more tame of an episode than we were originally planning (laughs) because we tried to record this last night and it just was not having it. Yeah, it was really, it felt like um, an affront. Well, it really did feel like the powers mm-hmm. at being were like, no, said, uh-uh, <laughs> you're not doing this tonight. And and we weren't even like that churnt. So I really don't. I was a little drunker than I anticipated. On well, getting. but when you're drunk, you just get kind of like sleepy giggly and, like, one and eye. quiet. And when I'm drunk, like I'm screaming into the microphone. So it, <laughs> I think it would have been fine. Same. Like, can open another bottle of wine. <laughs> That's oh, how you know. <laughs> on that note, y'all are going to be in for a treat at some point in the future. We are uh, in the it process. It might actually come out before this. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, if that happens. It might have already been treated. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, we've been using lovely Patreon donation money to put time and effort into remastering our old episodes, which is 
a really delightful thing that we've decided to do for all of you because our early episodes are rough to listen to. Yes. Sometimes for multiple reasons. Right. (laughs) We were still working out the kinks. Oh, yeah. You know, this podcast was born out of uh, a need to decompress uh, during grad school. So most of those early episodes involve, I think, a bottle of wine per person. (laughs) At the minimum. And just like so much more anxiety circling all Mm -hmm. of us. Yeah, we were all freaking out all the time. And then not to mention we had a microphone. I can't even believe that. I can't believe we used to do that. We would pass around a microphone connected (laughs) directly into the computer and just on a table like... I think that's what we were doing for this one too. Because you can tell with the audio. Like just being a little... You know, uh, no, I definitely nerd, remember that that's what I don't think we had gotten no, the multiple It doesn't mics sound yet. like it. <laughs> no. So that was, and oh, actually, we did get microphones, but we didn't have a mixer. So mm-hmm, right. it didn't do us any good. Yeah. <laughs> remember that night? <laughs> yeah. When, the night where we, we figured out we actually have to plug all the microphones into something. <laughs> we need like a microphone splitter. Or, oh. well, I guess that's what a mixer is. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> We're learning. There's some audiophiles listening to this that just They've turned, already it, turned off. it off. Yeah, they're just like, <laughs> they're gone. Mm, I'm done with these bitches. <laughs> anyway, so we we're going to do this last night, which it's good that we're doing it today because there's going to be less of me saying, are you a size queen? But I'm still going to say it anyway, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. because today is our Art History Babes XL episode, XL edition. We're talking about big stuff. Yeah. Because we just wanted to. We just wanted to. I don't know. It was <laughs> yeah. weird. Like we just were talking about sculpture. Yeah. And then we started talking about, well, I started talking about just like, <laughs> yeah, Corey was yeah. like, how did you guys come up with that? And I was like, honestly, I don't quite know. I, I had like, to like go back to the message to try to figure that it out. I think what happened was Jen that. just was like, what about big shit? <laughs> big sculptures, like a big safety pin. <laughs> a big jack. A big jack. <laughs> I did, but big safety pin. Oh my God. Which also are things we are not going to be talking about today. Yeah. Not really, um, but I think that Jenny had a very different idea as to what she meant. <laughs> I said I mean, it all kind of started with what's his name? Yeah, Rob- with Ron Muick. Muick. So we're we're gonna talk about a few different just examples of large art today because I just I don't know why. But it just occurred to me that we're all really obsessed with size, mm-hmm. you know, which, God, it's going to be hard not to be like, Haha. we'll but, get it out early. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I think that there's something about the, the massive mm-hmm. that really just puts people in the state of awe. Like, we're yeah. just like, oh, my God, that's so big. And... <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, very quickly, there's a giant safety pin in San Francisco. I was going to say, there sure is. You know, I knew I was on to something. I knew I'd seen that before. Listen to this. Mm -hmm. I'm reading this from roadsideamerica.com. Dude, I've gotten some of my research for today's from them, too. Really? (laughs) Okay, this is pretty good. It's in San Francisco, California. We're devotees of the roadside sculptures of Clay's... Clay's? Oh, Oldenburg? Oh, is it Clay's? Klaus. Klaus. What? Who spells Klaus like that? Maybe Come they on. misspelled it. Come on, Oldenburg. Oh, yeah, that is how they spell it. And Kuzi uh, Van Bruggen. <laughs> and it says that these roadside sculptures are art statements. I'm doing quotation marks right now. That's <laughs> yeah. their air quotes. Or So I'm, that's kind of rude. So we're going to talk about that today. <laughs> 
because I would say that, okay, so this is at the Golden Gate Park at the Tea Garden. For those oh. of you that want to go check out a giant safety pin. But see, I was inspired by this image because I think that that sentiment of like art, yeah. is it art just because it's big? Yeah. I think we should unpack that today. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm always curious with things like that too, what the point is, <laughs> if there is one. Right. But see, then we could Doesn't do that to, to literally okay. everything. I know you're right. <laughs> What's the point of Picasso? Mm. Mm. Ooh. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. I'm still waking up. Yeah. This coffee is really good. Okay. But also we know that someone could answer the question of what's the point of Picasso. So let's see if we can answer the question of All right. what's the point of the giant safety pin. Because yeah. I mine pleasantly surprised me. About yeah. So far as like actual artistic. Right. Yeah. And I think input. too, like it makes sense to start from kind of a historical perspective of like big ass art. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Jen, you have some some points to make. Well, so there seems to be this human fascination with big stuff. And I think that it elicits feelings of the sublime, feeling small mm-hmm. against powers of nature. So one of the best examples to discuss when it comes to this are both the history of megalithic sculpture such that you'll find along the coasts of France, Ireland, England, and Scotland, among a few countries. So these are works comprised of large stones that have been used to construct some kind of either structure or monument. So that's what a megalith is. A megalith is the large stone that makes up the larger formation. And so these stones often weigh several tons. And these stones throughout many Neolithic as well as early Copper Age societies would be arranged, pretty much arranged to orient towards the rising sun. And they had very specific orientations. It's very unclear to us what these structures are for. And I think that therein, there's a double example of fascination with the megalith. So for the ancient peoples whose histories are lost to time, whether it's by systematic destruction of records or just because they're so dang old, we don't know what they were doing with these big, (laughs) huge rocks. And so we know that they had to have been very impressive for them. They had to have held very significant meaning for their societies um, because it's not easy to move these several tons of rocks around and put them in any sort of formation. So just to give you an example, there's Stonehenge is still one been there. that oh, you've been there. Yeah. I want to go there. Was cool. What was it like? It was cool. It was nice, too, because it wasn't overly crowded because the weather was really shitty it was like very misty and rainy but that kind of oh, added to the mm-hmm. that's how you want cool it way. yeah i'd be like i'm gonna see a druid i wish i had oh man yeah so stonehenge i think is one of the most famous of these structures but there's many of them there's one along the coast of scotland it's called the ring of brodgar cool. um, on the orkney islands in scotland And these stones are oriented to face towards the sun. So we have 
an example of that. And we've heard several theories about Stonehenge that it could be like a giant sundial Mm -hmm. uh, meant to help mark the different solstices, which would be very important for these sort of, I don't know, not Nordic, Celtic for Celtic? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Regardless, though, this tradition had spread all around. Oh, yeah. So there's some evidence that points to the coast of southern France as being one of the first to display a monolithic, I'm sorry, a megalithic sculpture. And there's also a very mysterious one in Lebanon that has a monumental 2,000-year-old temple to Jupiter that is sitting on top of 3,000-ton stone blocks. And for comparison, the pillars at Stonehenge weigh about a 40th of that. So it's heavy. All for Jupe. All for Jupiter. Mm -hmm. And so this is where things start to get a little mysterious for us. We don't know why they Mm -hmm. did this. We don't know exactly what they were for. There's a lot of speculation that it's for calendar keeping reasons, for burial purposes, or to mark sites that are holy, such as this specific one in Lebanon. Also, it's curious that this human, seemingly human impulse to arrange gigantic stones in such a way for special reasons, like this seems to be a human impulse Impulse? tradition. The face said impulse. (laughs) My face said impulse, yes. Thank you for that. Which is very fascinating because then, you know, we move down into Africa. We see the arrangement of great limestone blocks in order to make the pyramids. Over in Easter Island, we have the Easter Island heads. And some of them are heads, some of them are bodies, but altogether these formations are facing out towards the coast so they could have been some kind of gods for these people but then again uh, we don't know right over in mexico we have the case of the colossal olmec heads that weigh several tons a piece they're all slightly different so we think maybe these were made for rulers or mm-hmm. perhaps they were meant to depict gods and the tragedy of all this is that we don't really know because we don't have records in the case of Mesoamerican examples of these humongous sculptures, they were probably destroyed. So we'll never know. Thank you, Spanish, for that. I'm still mad at you. Mm -hmm. Um, So what does it mean, is the question. And (laughs) the, the problem is that a lot of speculation just instantly goes to this idea of ancient aliens. And we've talked about this before on the show. We're a little bit both kind of tickled by ancient aliens, but also pretty pissed off about this idea that non-Western cultures couldn't have had the innovations to move gigantic stones or to create these these huge structures. So they had to have had some kind of outside help, whether, you know, aliens or... Atlantis. <laughs> I don't, they knew how to teleport and yeah, and you know move move large blocks with their minds. Yeah, yeah. And so it goes to show that this has been a human impulse for totally. us for I don't know since we've for been like around ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the ways in which it manifests itself are obviously very different now. 
but I still think it's pretty incredible that we don't fully understand how these like ancient civilizations and tribes were able to move such massive things that they did. And they did. Like, all over they did it. All over the place. Different materials, different landscapes to drag this shit across. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing, but I think that it's also important for us to understand that, like, humans have been innovating since the dawn of time. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. the idea that you need to have mechanized technology to move something huge isn't real we've got other ways right so that's always important to keep in the back of your mind if you like ancient aliens it's fun have fun with it just don't take it seriously yeah it's rude (laughs) you know that that guy what the hell's his name that Uh, the one with the crazy hair the one with the crazy hair yeah um i mean i want to like talk to him Mm -hmm. and just just be like hey the egyptians they were able to do that. Yeah, I just want to see if... I'm like, do you really believe this shit? <laughs> Corey and I were talking about Seated Scribe on a baby yeah. recently and yeah. then kind of got into how like people like to pretend that art is like a linear progression mm. where it was primitive and then got better. Yes. And people like got better at art. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's yeah. some sort of hierarchy. Totally. And it really doesn't need to be that way. And it's, I, I mean... Know. Just history in general, we don't need to think of it that way. Like, it's kind of cool that we're amazed and confused and mystified by how our ancestors did this stuff. Absolutely. Um, And it's a little humbling, and I think we can use that nowadays. Artists are using this today because we've not stopped being really fascinated by huge stuff. And so, obviously, there's a little bit of derision on Roadside America's description <laughs> of the giant safety pin. I don't understand why they would be so rude, but it is a giant safety pin, so it's not like it's super, you know, it's not packed full of meaning. Right. It's not loaded with this deep historical and sociological right. context right. that we tend to want from you know, this is in the corridor over at the Legion of Honor in San Francisco. So there's this expectation that it's going to really mean something. And here specifically, I have the notes. It's called Corridor Pen Blue from 1999. Very descriptive. Yes. <laughs> title By Klaus Oldenburg and Kizzy Van Bruegel. I almost did I Klaus Oldenburg. I'm glad I didn't do it. <laughs> I don't know, but I just love you saying that name. I'm going to get some emails. <laughs> I will get shit on for my I will terrible to pronunciation, you. and I will reply to each and every one individually, and I'll have some words for your words. Ooh. That's not even threatening. I, I'll just apologize for <laughs> that. Sounded a lot tougher. I know. Thank you for your words. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that I'm so bad with my words. <laughs> Um, anyway, and, and so like I said, I think that this in particular, this large safety pin is kind of, it's a good example of this because it's taking the reverence that we give to humongous things mm-hmm. and trivializing it mm-hmm. and making it really goofy and it's mm-hmm. defying expectations of what we expect when we see a safety pin. Historically, the safety pin is small. And so to have it be very large is pretty different. I mean, even seeing a safety pin that's like three inches long is like, whoa. 
So I know, right? I guess there is something to be said for that. (laughs) (laughs) So this is such a, it's like almost you're hacking the human brain now as a sculptor. You just make it really big. You're going to get people to go, oh, it automatically makes it a little more interesting to people. Yeah. Especially here where we tend to what? Elect taller presidential candidates. Is that what we're doing? I think that historically, like the taller candidate has. I think so. I mean, we like almost, if not always, one. Yeah, we like uh, imposing wow. figures. Mm-hmm. 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 Historically, how tall is Donald Trump? Fuck, we'll never know. I hope he's four truth. feet tall. Little <laughs> <laughs> <Old> gremlin. <laughs> Let's talk about some other large art. What do you? Babe let's, Scott? let's take a quick break first, and then we'll oh. come back and talk about some large art. It's a good time. It's a good time. Uh, we're taking a break. Taking a break. We are back, and we're gonna keep talking about some <clears throat> more big stuff. We're gonna follow along the Roadside America tour um, <laughs> and talk about the tallest file cabinet. Are there any in the world? Passive aggressive quotation marks in there? <laughs> no, but I actually remind me to go to the TripAdvisor reviews for yes, something at the end okay. of this because there's yeah. something. Pretty, pretty good. All right. So the tallest file cabinet in the world, supposedly, is right here in Napa, California. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. At the De Rosa. It's in their sculpture garden, which is pretty huge. It's like a hillside. I have not been, but lovely. Peruse the photos, which I'm kind of embarrassed that I haven't been because it's so close. I have no excuse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Yeah. We got to go, guys. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about doing like Napa wine train for a while. Mm -hmm. We have to do that. Yeah. I want to get wine train drunk. Yeah. So I got to wear some flat (laughs) shoes. Maybe we make this a two day (laughs) thing and we do the DeRosa one day and the wine train the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. I don't know if those go together. Jen's going to like try and climb the tallest file, file cabinet, cabinet in the world. I want to be filed. <laughs> File me away under out of pocket. <laughs> so this work, the official title is Minuet in MG. Am I saying that right? Music people. Does that, is anyone here a music person? Mm, minuet. I think minuet is correct. Right? Yeah. So it's a play on like minuet in G, which would be like a symphony. Mm. I think again. Don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to music, but it's Minuet and MG, and I'll get to the MG part. It was created in 1999 and then pretty much completed in 2001, and it's seven stories tall. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. That is much bigger than I was 65 feet. Look how astounded we are right now. (laughs) Right? Whoa. We were so not amazed by size before. We were like, silly safety pin, and now we're like, well, 65 feet. All right. Wow. (laughs) Do tell. So it's made of steel, paper, concrete, plastic, and a 1974 MG midget. Are you being problematic right now? (laughs) I'm not. This car company was. It's a convertible sports car. Oh, there's a car within the filing cabinet? Mm Mm-hmm. Can you open it and see the car? I don't think so. But, so the sculpture contains the remnants of a 1974 MG Midget convertible sports car, which was donated, shredded, steamrolled, photographed, bagged, labeled, numbered, and filed by weight from heaviest to lightest milligrams in the file cabinet. Wow. So that's where the name comes from. It's like milligrams, MG... So it's like a play on words. Who made this? <laughs> Who did this? <laughs> Who's responsible? 
Samuel Yates. He's a Sacramento native. Really? Graduated with an English degree from UC Berkeley. He studied English. He's a practicing artist. This isn't his only work, but he um, studied English and then after this went and got his MFA at Cornell in English. Wow. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Whoa. Um, Samuel Yates? Samuel Yates. And it resulted in 1,682 pieces that they, like, laboriously weighed in milligrams and sectioned off so you can see why it took a really long time. And the purpose of the car is really to kind of weigh down, I mean, and obviously artistic practice, but in a practical sense, it's weighing down the file cabinet because it's outside, it's 65 feet tall. Napa is a very windy place. Mm -hmm. It's also known for earthquakes Mm -hmm. and... Fires. Fires. I don't know if this is a fireproof file cabinet. That's yet to be determined. You know, they sell those at Costco, (laughs) and you would think that he would really splurge (laughs) for, like, the nicest cabinets. You know. You would hope. If you're not buying a fireproof filing cabinet, then you're just goofing off. It's pretty uh, resistant to the elements, so I think maybe he thought that one through. But it took more than a thousand hours of cataloging because they're like actually filed away correctly. And in addition to the car, he has filed away the registration for the car in the cabinet, which is like officially by the DMV and it's registered to the owner, which I was trying to figure out because that's all it says. I'm like, so is the cabinet the owner or is what's his name? Uh, DeRosa. Oh. The owner. Of the Because he owns the work. Yeah. Who owns the car? Who owns the midget? I mean. <laughs> oh, God. A lot less problematic than it sounds. Don't but... isolate that. <laughs> yeah. Just that sound, sound bite. bite. Do not <laughs> do that. Don't you do it. Gosh. What a strange thing. I and mean, you can't open <laughs> it. You can't open the file cabinet. It's a good question. Um, I don't It'd know. It would be very hard to open, right? I'm assuming that they would have made it so you can't open it just again for like the elements because they said it. this thing is built to withstand like 75 mile per hour winds and only sway a foot at the top at the height. Like the tallest point. I'm looking at it right now and it's not what I expected. I I think that I expected (laughs) like um, just a giant file cabinet, but this is just a long file cabinet. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, you were expecting, like, to Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's why I was like, can you open it? Like, I wasn't expecting it to just... Can I climb inside a drawer? Like, this is... I Literally, this is my first time oh my seeing God. this right now. And I thought I it was just... I it up a, earlier. I thought it was just a gigantic... I was expecting you know it to it be like? to scale. I, I didn't really, but I was kind of envisioning... No, it's what? like a single drawer. It's just a width single... wise. Okay. And it's really tall. <laughs> Sam Yates. Okay. That was a missed opportunity. So he actually, uh, DeRosa found it at a gallery in San Francisco that I actually worked with for a little bit, Refusal on Gallery. They used to be over mm. in the dog patch, and that's, I'm sure, when they had this work. Mm-hmm. But then by the time I was working with them, they were over in Union Square. Anyway, they had it originally, and it was only 30 feet when it was seen at Refusal on. So hmm. with the help of DeRosa, they were able to and build on it and had to do something like they had to dig a giant hole in the ground right. underneath and fill it with 20 feet of cement in yeah. order to like really stabilize sta- it. Because mm-hmm. if it were like to scale and if it were much 
Yeah, then it would be a lot more sturdy. Yeah, but it'd it's be like a little building. Yeah. I, it's like an obelisk. Honestly, yeah. in my brain, <laughs> I envisioned like a five drawer filing. Cabinet, I might have done that too if huge. I had it. And yeah. you know, like I just thought. And then you said that there was parts of a car in it. I thought that a literal car was just put in was the just drawer. yeah, or you know, just Gosh. one single car. <laughs> like it would be like a toy. Brain, like that's what I thought. So I kind of thought that too. Dang. Well, Ish. But then it was like oh. I had seen it before I had ever heard about it. So I now I'm, I'm just disappointed. Never had that. Well, on that note, should we move <laughs> on? <laughs> I've been disappointed by Samuel Yates. Oh wait, let me look up the reviews. I think I was at your house one time, Ginny, when I think you had one of those uh head massagers and i just like couldn't stop doing it to my head (laughs) by the time i was done i had this like huge afro and my hair was just like sticking straight up yes yeah okay so in my researching this i realized that there's more than one filing cabinet that's trying to boast tallest in oh my gosh there's filing (laughs) drama it's a battle so there's one in vermont that came up quite a bit Burlington, Vermont, and it's only 38 feet tall. So I'm like, is it that it might be considered taller because of the construction? Like what? Yeah. Like what? It's not taller. It's not taller, but I'm 65. saying, no, I get that part. But I'm being like, is it some technicality where like Yates is like a bunch connected together? I don't know. Like, why are they saying it's the tallest when it's clear that Derosa has one yeah. that's like double the size? Maybe it's like. Because maybe they just a think people won't. The Derosa one is underground, and maybe the uh, it's no, it's it's sixty five feet floor to ceiling. The twenty feet down is just. Well, then Vermont needs to back down. They really <laughs> do, man. I thought it was going to be like closer too. Like I thought maybe it's it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not even foolishness. <laughs> this is like a very small scale version of like when um all the skyscrapers were going up mm-hmm. and people were like trying to like outdo each other oh my god it just Can we like talk really quickly about the fucking salesforce tower in san francisco oh just the tip just the tip oh man so for anyone listening who has not seen nor heard of this giant glass and metal penis mm-hmm. in san francisco <laughs> it's called the salesforce tower it is easily the tallest building in san francisco now by quite a margin. Yeah, they didn't want someone to come up behind them. <laughs> no. But it is the most phallic building I think I've ever seen. And it's tapered towards the tip. Mm-hmm. Truly. Like, they're they're not even trying. <laughs> they leaned <laughs> in. <laughs> and then at the top, they have screens that they have, like, kind of stock footage on. So it, the tip illuminates? Yeah, sure does. And there'll be, like, footage of people, like, slow motion dancing. It's kind of creepy. Um, some birds flying on Halloween. They lit it up like red and orange and had the eye of Sauron. <laughs> yeah, that's from- very scary. <laughs> that was kind of dope. And that actually, can, that sounds like the coolest. You can see it from the end of my street. So on Halloween, I was like standing out at night and I was just looking and I was like, oh my God. If I was on any amount of acid, <laughs> I would be it's the end of days. <laughs> very scared. <laughs> it's very scary. Be a little alarming. Oh, God. So yeah. you guys want to hear these um, <clears throat> trips? Reviews. Yes, yeah. So I came across this in my research, and it's this guy who was just very unimpressed. Uh, he gave it one star. Okay. <laughs> and the caption is really it says, "I guess it was worth the drive by for a good laugh. An old rusty and the sticks and weeds item, not an attraction." 
So, wow. I mean, I bet he would have been more impressed if it was a two scale file cabinet. I think he was expecting a two scale file that's cabinet. What I, I would expect. I really too. think that's why he's so pissed. I, it all makes sense. I understand now. him. I understand him. Jen, was that you? <laughs> no. Now that we're thinking of this too, like it's a seven story filing cabinet, right? So if it were to scale, it'd be like yeah, bigger than guys. this house. That's why I was a so lot impressed. bigger than this house. I was so impressed when you first started talking about it. I, I kind of like, want to do the math. Taken, like fifty years. To make <laughs> I kind of want to do the math to figure out how long it would have to be yeah. to be to scale at seventy five feet tall. Fuck! Oh my god, you guys! You know, I just <laughs> that would have been a lot more impressive. Yes, of a piece of I artwork. know, and that's probably what that guy is thinking about okay so right in what did you think that we were talking about a two-scale cabinet this whole time let us know yeah i'm sure there are people who are just as upset as you are yeah it's just that when i looked this up my heart dropped so that's how i (laughs) disappointment read some more um let's see i mean a lot of the other reviews are surprisingly positive which like wow it's really tall filing cabinet yeah, worth the walk from anywhere. Wow. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> very I don't from know, anywhere. <laughs> Was that by Forrest Gump? Oh, here's another disappointment story. <laughs> also, uh, <laughs> to say I was disappointed would be an understatement when I found out this was not included in the seven wonders of the world <laughs> shame on the Swiss, Swiss foundation for excluding this breathtaking beauty if you are planning a trip to Vermont but did not include this sacred filing cabinet monument in your itinerary your trip would be a waste period <laughs> wow okay. bless you Tony the W level, from Pittsburgh people are so funny sarcasm there it's good so wait, this is about the one in Vermont. This isn't even this about isn't the even, one. Yeah, this isn't even the tallest one. Oh, okay. Mm. Mm. I understand their disappointment. You it's know? also funny to say that to say I was disappointed is an understatement. I'm like, were you screaming? <laughs> like, what were you doing? Uh, what to say? Worth checking out. Most impressive filing cabinet I've ever seen. Okay. Looks great. There you go. Also, it's super. This one's really rusty and old and like yeah. decrepit looking. So. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, well, that is all just silly. A lot of four star reviews. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I tell us. I do wonder about the people who take the time to rate the filing cabinet on TripAdvisor, <laughs> but um, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Worth stopping by. Random as fuck and pretty cool. Hmm. In the most random spot, tucked in your neighborhood. You know, did we ever talk about this when we discussed your thesis in Opalists? Just the the whole phallic mm-hmm. kind of connotations. We there. never miss an opportunity to talk about phallic mm-hmm. connotations. I feel. I like. remember when I was writing it, and you asked me if I was going to talk about how phallic it was. Yeah, and I didn't even do it because there was like so much other shit to talk about. But like, it's it's definitely present, and like the Egyptians designed the obelisk to be like a needle that would literally pierce the heavens to create like a bridgeway. So, like, that's, that's why it's hot. pointed. Yeah, but it's still, it's penetrating yep. the sky. Yeah, so let's Let's actually, talk about, well, what? no, let's talk about the artist that you originally wanted to talk about, and then I was let's, just, I don't know, high or something, and was like, <laughs> let's talk about big stuff. I mean, this fits in I, that. Well, it do does. It. 
We'll do a quick commercial break, yep. and then we'll come back and talk about, what's his name? Ron Muick. 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 I like saying his name. Be right back. And we're back. Okay. So, what kind of started me on this interesting journey was that I've been noticing, especially at art fairs, like, really big, hyper-realistic sculpture. Like, was it, I think it was at the LA Art Fair when we were there, there was like a giant Jimi Hendrix head. Uh Uh-huh. That's Put just a head. Yeah, and it was disconcerting, (laughs) to say the least. Well, because it like tapered from a head into what looked almost like a spinal cord sans the rest of your body. Like, I don't know what it it was. It was like in the real weird part of the the fair. (laughs) You know what what I'm talking about. There was a literal gateway that you went through. Yeah. And then everything was funky back there, yeah. which yeah. was fun. The idea yeah. was like, shit's going to get weird behind this arch. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. But I feel like you can talk about a lot. Of, a lot of different artists are doing really hyper-realistic sculpture at a big scale. But I feel that when you're talking about that, you have to talk about Ron Muick. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. I just don't know how else it could be going. No, no, we played the video. Sounds good. It said Muick. That's right. (laughs) Last night. I think one of those pronunciation, it's just like a robot. I use those so much. (laughs) Whoever out there is creating pronunciation videos on YouTube, bless you and don't ever stop. Just keep producing. Don't stop. (laughs) So, our boy Ron, he's a man, was born in Melbourne, Australia. Or I think it's actually Australians say Melbourne. Melbourne. They would. I don't even think they say the R. They go Melbourne. 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 Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he was born there in 1958, and he got his start making models for film and television, and actually did a lot of work with Jim Henson, which makes sense. Oh. He later transitioned to fine art, making realistic sculptures which are often extreme in scale, playing with size and perception to somehow kind of like offset the incredibly realistic quality of his work. Because if you look at images of his sculpture, like they can really, like the detail shots, it looks like a real human face, a real human body. It's pretty wild. So I feel like the kind of naturalism of his work is in that way, like, offset by the size. And it seems like he did that very consciously. Like, he's a bit of a recluse, so he doesn't make a lot of statements, and there aren't a ton of interviews or, like, video footage of him at all. But in an interview, he said, I never made life-size figures because it never seemed to be interesting. We meet life-size people every day. Altering the scale makes you take notice in a way that you wouldn't do with something that's just normal. Which makes sense. So his work ranges in a lot of different scales where he can have like very small things that are kind of just like placed simply on like a pedestal and you can go and look at like a little naked man. And it does make you observe it in a more kind of close and introspective way than you might if it were just a normal size. But he's done a lot of massive work. And I just love pictures from his exhibitions so you can see the Mm -hmm. scale of people. (laughs) standing next to this stuff it's just really cool and he did an installation of fiberglass and resin skulls and the national gallery of victoria in uh, melbourne australia and they're i mean like they're really realistic and just he plays with a lot of themes of cycles of life So there's a lot of aspects about, like, birth. Like, he's done a lot of pregnant women and babies. His giant 
newborn babies yeah or baby he also there's also a newborn baby head Mm -hmm. um but the newborn baby yeah is so terrifying (laughs) it really really scares me um because i think that newborn babies are terrifying yeah and they're small Mm. and i'm just horrified by them and i i don't like to look at them Mm-hmm. And so this humongous <laughs> newborn baby is very scary to me. Yeah, and he got it. I mean, you know how they look, right? Like you the know, little they're not they're cute, all squished and, and green, yeah. and you know their heads are all just gelatinous. And he didn't shy away from that. No, no, and and he really, and you get the sense that it's like wet. It's all slick. It's like, you know, when you're watching a movie and they do a birth scene and then you see the baby and you're like, that is not what a newborn baby looks like. That yeah. like yeah. that is like a two day, two week old baby. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if I ever have a baby, which but, I don't know, sure. but if I ever did and someone was like, Jen, he's so beautiful. I'd be like, get out. Mm. You're lying to mm-hmm. my face right now. This yeah. thing is hideous. Yeah. Tell the truth. But all of the chemicals in your body will be telling you otherwise. But Uh it we will secretly know that it looks like this sculpture and that it is in fact a little terrifying. We'll have this code. Yes. Exactly. It is kind of an interesting thing too. Like I mean the scale obviously changes it, but Mm -hmm. just to do like a hyper realistic anything of people at the beginning or end stages of life because it's really not glamorous or what we would conventionally think of as beautiful at all no 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 Um, no yeah i mean most of the figures are very real looking in some ways not like grotesque but just so like vulnerable and just kind of and he's done sculptures of like dead people he has a piece called dead dad it's just a a dead man lying Mm -hmm. naked yeah it's Um, supposed to be his dad mm mm-hmm Oh, it's very heavy. I, yeah. I was looking at it and yeah. uh, it looks like a dead guy. Yeah. So, yeah, this is just I think it's it's disconcerting. I think mm-hmm. that it messes with our I don't know. I mean, would this be considered like uncanny valley kind of stuff? Because I think that it would be. I think that we get a sense of unease when mm-hmm. looking at For sure. these things that look remarkably real right humans and i think that's maybe part of the rise with these incredibly realistic sculptures is that it's like holding up a mirror to ourselves that's like brutally honest yeah and when they're done at a big scale like this it's like that much more overwhelming and it makes you feel kind of small where you're like here i am a 28 year old woman looking at a giant baby and mm-hmm. all the things that that makes me feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really quick. Yeah. The artist of the giant Jimi Hendrix head, which oh, yeah. actually wasn't that giant compared no, to it was uh, like- Ron Muick's stuff. Mm-hmm. His name is Kazuhiro Suji. Mm-hmm. And he is known for making, he, he did an Abraham Lincoln. He did a Salvador did he Dali. Did a David Bowie one? Because I also saw a big David Bowie head at another art fair. He did, um, I, he did an Andy Warhol. Ooh. So, yeah, that was the artist that we saw. Apparently, he won an Academy Award for being a makeup artist. Makes sense. In in what? What was he adorable? Oh, for doing uh, The Darkest Hour. Oh, Oh, damn. Okay. So that's impressive then because that was, what's his name? Winston Churchill. Yeah, but who's that? What's that actor's name? (gasps) Oh, Uh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. And they really like transformed Transformed him. him. Totally. 
That makes so much sense. And it makes sense that Ron Muke, like, was working with television and film. Yeah, and that would be a cool episode to do, to do crossover between Ooh. art and Hollywood. Makeup artists. Yes. Makeup artists. We or, could, yeah, yeah, we could do, like, a whole Special episode on that. Yeah. But also just, like, artists that did, like, sets or, like, costume or, like, basically collaborated with um, Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jen's, Jen's thinking Jen's about like, it. Maybe, maybe we'll do it. No, I, it's not up to me. I, it's it's up to the, the podcast. Be. I've said powers that be like six times. Well, after last night, so man. I know. Oh gosh, we had we didn't do anything differently with how we set up our recording. No, nope, the today. mixer just didn't want to do yeah. what it was wanting to do last night. I know. Anyway, yeah, yeah. And so these sculptures he works with silicon or fiberglass and acrylic, and the sculptures are cast from clay models. And it's just amazing that you can make silicon, fiberglass, and acrylic look like human dimpled flesh. Wet baby flesh. It's, yeah. it's almost like Westworldy. Yes. Which yes. is another kind of alarming, truly, feature. Just to, to it. see how close we can get to making like these three dimensional, like interactive things that look Honestly, like us. I'm glad that he did like the scale yeah. part and made them bigger because it almost would feel a little more unnerving to think about them as like mm-hmm. our size mm-hmm. because. Right. It- well, his works that are to human scale are very scary still. I was going to say it almost feels scarier because yeah. it, then it's like. Yeah, one and to he one. doesn't do human scale as often because I think he's weirded out by it. Probably, could you imagine having that yeah. in your in your studio too? Yeah. No, oh. maybe like small scale or fucking. You gotta, you gotta go colossal. one of the directions. So I was thinking about the word colossal. This is a total departure. No, go for it. But it's the XL episode that fits right. And then I was like thinking about that word and what it means because I have like a memory of when I was in Rome learning from my art history professor whose last name was Borghese and she's like an actual Borghese. Wow. Whoa. And she had like a British Italian accent. So she clearly went to like a British boarding school, you know, and did all that. Very smart lady. Of course. But she was talking about the Colosseum and how the Colosseum was only named that because there was a colossal statue of some emperor there so it was just named the Colosseum because it was like like, of by the colossal exactly Exactly. and then I was like what's the like etymology of colossal because like I know the Latin but then it's originally from Greece Greek colossos which means gigantic statue so technically the word colossal only really applies well well it can apply to anything but but in the original it's just for like big statues of people Wow. Men. That's amazing. Of course, because back then, why, why create a statue yeah. of a woman? No. I'm just kidding. Unless it was Athena. Well, and actually, we're a little teaser here. We're going to be doing a Cora yeah. and Chorus episode mm-hmm. coming up. Yeah. So they did do some ladies. Archaic smile. Oh, yeah. Mm, my goodness. I feel. What do you feel? That we should ask the question. <laughs> Does size matter? Oh, my God. <laughs> Someone's got to bring it up. Are we at the Art History Babes size queens? Do we love the large art more or how do we feel about big stuff? Hmm. Uh, I think architecturally, I can really appreciate grandiosity in size because it's something that you like travel through. And especially if you're in like a temple or a church that's really massive and it gives you that feeling of the sublime. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I get their point. Like, 
yes, like mm-hmm. with ceilings this fucking huge, you can feel that sort of like, wow, I'm just a little thing mm-hmm. in the presence of something bigger. Mm-hmm. But like for more just art things, I'm not as moved by like a giant safety pin, just personally. Same. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of this has been talking about height specifically and like, mm-hmm. or I guess, I don't know. We've been kind of across the board. Just overall large. Yeah. Overall large. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it moves me, really. I don't think it moves me. I think I can be, like, intrigued sometimes. Mm -hmm. I've definitely been to, like, the Egyptian halls of a few different museums where you walk by these you know, colossal Mm -hmm. statues of pharaohs or gods or what have you and been like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's been my reaction to that. On the flip side, when I see anything that is a mini- <laughs> a miniature, <laughs> I lose my goddamn <laughs> mind. You can tell. You'll just hear me get somewhere oh. going, oh, <laughs> and it's completely involuntary. I can't not make that sound. So yeah. Yeah. I think I'm moved by things that are made miniature. Mm-hmm. I like that, mm-hmm. like a, a tiny little kitchen or something yeah (laughs) no that's really cute it's nice (laughs) i was just somewhere where i was looking at like small scale models of rooms and it it's it's sweet it's It's like something so dollhousey and like Uh, love that right yeah it's it's just fun so i i would say we're maybe we're not maybe we're not size queens here at the art history i don't think we can claim that title i don't think we can i think that we are impressed by the big stuff we're impressed by the craftsmanship that went into it so speaking of being moved though Mm -hmm. we got a listener mail because it fits in with what we were talking about last night so this message is from lauren and it says have you heard they might have discovered a recording of frida kahlo speaking so exciting which we did yeah we listened to it last night i was i didn't know how to feel about that i know you walked in and we're just like hmm you're like yeah. that's not her. I just you're like that's not what I thought she sounded like. I it didn't it didn't sound like her. Like in my heart, I feel like they're gonna come out and say that that wasn't her. She yeah. sounded way too whimsical. Yeah, but then again, it's hard because I think that when you really sit down and consider Frida, it wouldn't be a stretch to assume that her speaking voice might sound like pretty manic mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. frantic mm-hmm. Uh, because there is that element to just her visual art and just what we know about her biography. Mm-hmm. So it's not a stretch to say that when she would speak, it was probably very like, ha ha ha, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I remember walking by while you were listening to that and being like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think that's her. I'm going to say it's not her. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. It's fascinating either way. And there's where did this sound clip come from? I'm pulling up the article because I want to look it up too. Oh, okay. It's a recording supposedly of Frida describing Diego. Oh. And it's from a film that I think was of another artist. The recording is from a pilot edition of The Bachelor. (laughs) Different show. A 1950s oh. radio show <laughs> in Mexico recorded for Televisa Radio, the National Sound Library, said in its name. Yeah, so they were given to be digitized, and the recording is thought to be Kahlo. From the 1950s? Mm-hmm. I think that she... 53 or 54. 
she died. Uh, that's what they're saying. They think that it would be like right before. Right. So then that's another layer too of like. Hmm. Mystery. And in the recording, she says, he is a huge, immense child with a friendly face and a sad gaze. His high, dark, extremely intelligent and big eyes rarely hold still. They almost pop out of their sockets because of their swollen and protuberant eyelids like a toad's. I don't know, dude. That's, I mean, that quote is pretty convincing. Yeah, but she also wrote a lot in her diary. Someone could have easily read Mm -hmm. something that she wrote. True. And she mostly wrote about Diego. So true. Anyway, I don't know. It might be true. I think I just, uh, you know, you get a little bit weirded out when you finally hear the voice of an artist that you've always sure. known It's like meeting about. your hero a little bit. Yeah. Do you know what really freaked me out was the first time I heard H.R. Giger speak? The guy who does all of the art that inspired Alien. And he does a lot of this like kind of techno erotic sort of mechanized looking dark art. You've seen it. And I, you know, was a little goth weirdo kid growing up and was into that mm-hmm. type of stuff. And yeah. then when I finally heard him talk, he sounds like this. <laughs> and I was very scared and um, taken aback. So I think that maybe that's just a thing with me. And I prefer my... Don't listen to your Pira's voices. No, I prefer yeah. my historical people to just... Be silent. Be silent. Let me speak for you <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> no, that's terrible. But... Uh, regardless, we'll find out more about that voice. That's a very yeah, it's interesting. interesting mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting tidbit there. Mm. Thank you, Lauren, for yes. that. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for being here with us on this uh, lovely Saturday morning. Excellent. Yeah, it's a Saturday morning for us. Not sure when you're going to hear this episode, but just to uh, say, you know, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. This was a relaxed episode. Mm-hmm. Imagine that you normally wear a size medium, but mm-hmm. today you wanted to put on some X. L size sweatpants and yeah. just lie around the house yeah. and you know watch TV and and listen to the babes. So I hope that you have enjoyed. Go look around your neighborhood for some big stuff and yeah. see what you find and um, see what kind of feelings it elicits in you. And then you know think about that. Why why do you feel how you feel about the big stuff? Why do you feel how you feel about the big stuff? Yeah, I think that should be a song lyric. It probably is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks, Thanks for everyone. listening. Bye. Have Ciao. a good time. We are history, babes. It's just like gooey delight. That's my porn name. It's <laughs> mm, a good one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> gooey. <Ooh. laughs> Never yeah. mind. As soon as I thought about it, I was like, no. <laughs>